procrastination. Putting things off until another day. A story about procrastination can be humorous, sometimes even endearing. Imagine watching a, an episode of some old-fashioned uh, TV sitcom. Let, let's say the episode is entitled Billy and the Science Project. Billy is in grade school. He receives an assignment to do a science project that's, that's due many weeks down the line, but Billy procrastinates. Billy puts it off, and he puts it off, puts it off some more. But then the night before the, the project is due arrives, and Billy goes into a panic, and he runs around from one member of the family to the next. I don't know what I'm going to do. He tries several things. They all fall apart in failure. Now comes the day of the project being due, and, and he's walking to school, and he's full of despair. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And then through a, a crazy series of of coincidences that can only happen on a television sitcom, Billy discovers a number of items along the way, and he suddenly has an epiphany, and he sees how he can, he can bring forward a, a, a science project that, that's simple and yet brilliant and impressive, and so he brings it into school, and he does the presentation, and the whole faculty is so wild that they award Billy the first prize. The end. Run the credits. Is that a happy ending? That depends. If Billy in our episode concludes, wow, I was, I was more than lucky on that, but I've learned my lesson. I'm never going to procrastinate that way ever again. Then maybe it would be a happy ending. However, if Billy concludes from that the same lesson that many of us sometimes can conclude, in other words, we draw the wrong lesson from an experience, if he draws the wrong lesson where he concludes, I think I've learned that I don't have to worry too much about deadlines. I can just let things roll along. And uh, in my experience, it, things just have a way of working out. If that's the attitude and the lesson that Billy has learned, imagine what awaits him in the years to come if he brings that same attitude towards his work or towards the handling of his finances or the maintenance of his car, the maintenance of, of his home, the payment of his taxes. Imagine if Billy brings that same attitude towards taking time out to demonstrate a kindness towards a friend who's hurting, or the maintenance of his marriage, 
or taking some time out to do something for a member of his immediate or extended family who, who needs some help. Imagine if you were to take that same attitude towards the demonstration of kindness towards a friend or the maintenance of his own health or, or looking after the, the health of someone within his family. Then you know, as well as I, that what awaits Billy in the years to come is not a, not a happy ending. Rather, it will be years of bitterness, regret, disappointment, all of which brings us to Jesus this morning as he speaks to us about the concept of procrastination and our relationship with God. Here's, here's the setting in the Word of God before us. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem. It's a Tuesday afternoon. It's just a handful of days before Jesus goes to the cross. He knows that. Nobody else at this point knows that. On this Tuesday afternoon, Jesus and his disciples leave the city. They, they cross a little valley, a, a little ravine called the Kidron Valley, and they go up onto a little bit higher elevation that overlooks the city called the Mount of Olives. And, and there Jesus sits down with his disciples and he talks to them privately about the end of the world, how it's all, how it's all going to end. And in doing so, he, he unfolds a series of, of stories and illustrations to make his point. One of the questions that is really popular in the culture at this time is the question, when is the world going to end? When is God going to come back? To that, Jesus says, that's, that's the wrong question to ask. And to make his point, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story about a, a, a man who, who owns and, and has a pretty significant household, lots of servants. This man has to go on a on a significant journey. No one knows, however, how long that journey is going to be. It might be relatively short, but then again, it might turn into an extended journey. So before he leaves, he lays out for his servants all the things that they will need to keep on doing while he is gone so that when he returns, everything will be operating smoothly, everything will be ready. As this man leaves, what the servants are not to do, what they are not to do is to stop what they're doing, procrastinate on all of their work, and just sit around and speculate when the master might be coming back. Rather, rather they are to focus on the reality that he is indeed going to come back, and between now and then, be prepared. Some years ago, PBS, Public Broadcasting System, uh, PBS uh, created a, a documentary that 
covered the staff of the White House, the, the full-time working staff that's there all the time, uh, making sure that the, that the White House is operating properly. Watching that documentary makes it clear that within that extraordinary staff, there, there is no procrastination. Instead, that staff is continually maintaining, they are continually repairing, they are continually preparing. There is constant activity. And why? Because that staff never knows when world events might unfold in such a way that the White House may be needed on a moment's notice to host dignitaries, to, to host gatherings, to host anything that the President of the United States needs at a given moment. For that reason, they are in a constant state of readiness. You and I are on the tail end of November. We're about to enter the last month of the year 2020. What an unusual year this has been. Don't have to tell you that. COVID and, and all the COVID protocols, without a doubt, ha, ha, have, have blown up all kinds of routines and rhythms in our lives. Now, in one sense, that can be a very good thing. Very good thing. If there are routines and rhythms in our lives that have not been all that helpful or not all that healthy, well, then this is a wonderful opportunity to establish rhythms and routines in our lives that are more helpful and more beneficial for us. But brothers and sisters, at the same time, you and I do well just to pause and ask ourselves in all of these months of COVID and COVID protocols, are there routines and rhythms in our lives that really serve us well that have been disrupted? For instance, have we grown lax in our zeal to gather with our Lord in his word in the privacy of our home? Have we lost focus on gathering with our Lord, going to him in prayer? Have we lost focus on the need to gather regularly around our Lord and with each other, either via live stream or, or in person? And if that is the case, if that is the case, has it instead been replaced with some periods of spiritual procrastination? Or the urgency and the need and the sharp focus upon our Savior has at one time or another begun to dissipate. In the 1600s, there was a prominent Christian leader by the name of James Usher. He lived in Ireland. 
James Usher had a, a, a wonderful knack of, of writing statements that were very short and yet very pithy and, and packed full of truth. Here's one of them. There is no dallying with God. There is no dallying with God. In other words, when it comes to our relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, for you and me to take a wrong lesson as, as Billy may have taken with his experience with the science project, to take, an on, take on the attitude of, well, all of those spiritual things and all of those religious things, I, I think I'm okay. I've, I've take, I took some Sunday school and I've taken a, a, a class or two, and so I know my basics. As far as really concentrating on it right now, Oh, I can, I can zero in on that later on. I have more practical, real-world things to address at the moment. And so I'll, I'll put that off. That's fine because those things will, one way or another, take care of themselves. If we carry that attitude when it comes to our relationship with the only Savior you and I are ever going to have, then you and I are opening ourselves up not simply to a disappointing and bitter life like Billy. You and I are opening ourselves up to permanent disaster. Brothers and sisters, for those times that you and I have been guilty of spiritual procrastination. Let's take the moment right now to come to repentance, to come to our Lord with broken and contrite hearts. Because here's the good news. When God the Son came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ, he did not procrastinate at all when it came down to getting to the business of his mission. And his mission was to rescue you and me. He got right down to the business when he walked on this earth of living a holy life in your place and mine. And then he went right on to the business of taking upon himself all of our sinful failures, including all of the times that you and I have procrastinated, when you and I have put off our focus on Christ. He carried them to the cross. He washed them all away in his blood. And three days after his death, he rose from death. And now through faith in him, you and I are forgiven and covered in his holiness. We are embraced, we are loved, and therefore renewed by his Holy Spirit, you and I now are in a position to seize the moment, to take the initiative, to seize the moment, to gather with our Lord through the power of his word in the privacy of our homes, 
to seize the, the, the moment to, to gather with him and to gather with our fellow believer, believers, whether it's online or in person. To seize the moment, to impact somebody else's life with an unexpected kindness. To seize the moment to prepare the loved ones entrusted to us, whether children or grandchildren, nieces, nephews, to prepare them for the days ahead which will test their faith. To seize the moment, to be ready either for the world's last day or your last day on this earth. After all, as our service focus says, the time is now. The time to prepare is now. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.